Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. In Ireland, we love a good story. And I'm lucky enough to be able to chat to people from all over the world to hear their story and to hear about their life in Dublin. In this podcast, we want to be able to learn from the stories of others so that people who have recently moved to Dublin can get the most out of their time here. Project with a friend in the States, in, in America, he's a Venezuelan guy. But we haven't started yet because I got all this issue with the house and, you know, job and do, doing stuff. So we stopped a bit till I found a place and I could just set up my stuff again. My what, what, what type of podcast would it be? Uh, about music in Spanish. Ah. Like we want to, because we have this idea since well, we were kind of teenager, like we would like to promote, even in the same Latin American culture, the other side of Latin American music. That is not just like reggaeton, bachata, all this, you know, Latin music that most of the people know. So you can find a lot of rock bands, a lot of funk bands, a lot of, you know, other styles that is really Anglo styles made by Latinos with a lot of fusion. And, you know, so that's the plan of the, of the podcast to show this. That's really music. interesting. So, yeah, well, I will I will show you if when we get something. We'll, and we want to do it in, in English as well. But. Yeah, I think you know Spanish, right? I can speak Spanish, yeah, 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 I know, so yeah. I'll be able to listen to it. <laughs> Perfect, but that's, right. that's great because, you know what, like, listen, I don't know a whole lot about, uh, we'll say, South American music. Um, cool. Send uh, your link. Uh, yeah. You, yeah. Uh, so for that reason, but uh, well, I, I know, as you said, like bachata and reggaeton, obviously, now is huge. It's huge. The reggaeton one is the yeah. biggest shit now. And I, to be honest, I really piss off because that's not what should be representing the Latin American culture, you know? Uh, exactly, right? <laughs> and and I feel bad because so many people get a lot of happiness and joy out of, yeah, of reggaeton, right? Nice, so, yeah. um, I, so I'm not here to criticize Exactly, that. same. Yeah. <laughs> but from a musical point of view, like reggaeton is a very like easy to produce, cheap to produce type of music. And I think that's like one reason why it's become so big. So big. They invest a lot of an advertisement and the promotion and shit, like matching with other big artists to make more popular the music. Well, in, in terms of actually uh, creating reggaeton music, like it doesn't cost a lot because let's just say the rhythm and the beat is more or less the exact same for every song. So it's just yeah. layering on top of that, uh, which is responsible. I guess the artist is responsible for that. But it's not like, say, if you get a, an artist, um, I can't think of anyone right now, but... Um, Daddy Janky. Yeah. Or, or, oh, you mean like... Like any, any artist, any any singer, Harry Styles, for example, okay. right? Yeah. <laughs> Who, what, whatever, I'm just, that's just the first name that came to my yeah, head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if he writes a song, there's a lot of production involved in, in, in that with different kind of musicians, everything that you need to get in to actually record for a Harry Styles song. Like if you listen to one of his songs, there's, there's piano, there's, there's guitars, there's drums, obviously. Mm. 
and and each um song is different with different rhythms different instruments that costs money but with a reggaeton song it's much cheaper you need a lot less equipment you need less people um yeah and i think that is one reason why it's so popular um now people love to dance to it yeah i think the rhythm and the, the beat of it, yeah. the track the music is really yeah. you know sticky i don't know like really you can enjoy the music you can dance even if you don't like it but i've yeah. yet to see one irish person dancing well to a reggaeton song <laughs> <laughs> i don't think there is anyone in the world that i can that really dance reggaeton properly because it's no way to dance it's just like moving the ass yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe maybe, maybe. <laughs> Um, I want to tell you a story before we properly start. Yeah. Um, uh, so I, I lived very, very a short time in, in, in Boston in the US. Okay. So that was a, a really cool experience for me because it was my first time. I was like 19. It was my first time living outside of Ireland for even though it was only three or four months. It was a good experience all the same. Um, living in a different culture, although it being very similar, you know, to a certain extent. Um, in in terms of Western culture, it wasn't such a like a massive shock. And we watch US television all the time, so we know what yeah. to expect. Um, but I went there um, and there was two guys that lived above my apartment and they they were they were super nice. They were about 10 or 12 years older than than me at the time. Um, and like we had no money. We had worked shitty jobs, but we were partying all the time, like just drinking in the apartment. And, and these guys, they loved it. You know, they were like, come down to our apartment. They'd start drinking with us. And they just, they were like, this is the best. You know, these Irish guys living here for the summer. This has brightened up our summer to no end. <laughs> but they used to invite us on a Sunday to watch baseball with them. Um, and they'd like pay for food and stuff. So we'd go up and, you know, have take away food and a few beers and watch baseball. One of their names was Jason. I said, like, Jason, and you know, the Boston Red Sox are a pretty big deal. Um, and I was like, this is the most boring sport I've ever watched before in my life. <laughs> and he says, no, it just looks that way. And he said, let me explain a few things to you, right? So we were sitting there eating, drinking, and he started explaining some things that to me that were happening, happening but I, I didn't know were happening. So you're like, look at that guy. He's looking at this guy and that means this. And I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. And then a minute later, it's like, do you see what happened just there? That means this happened and, and that resulted in this. And I was like, oh, okay. And I started to get interested. I was like, oh, this is actually quite interesting following it. <laughs> um, years later, I came back um, and I lost interest in baseball, but I saw how big of a deal baseball is, particularly in Boston, and I'm sure in other cities in the US as well. And as I told you before we started, I used to teach English, and some of my first students were, were Venezuelan. Mm -hmm. um, and I noticed that they all had these baseball caps on. And they're like, yeah, uh, baseball mm -hmm. is, is, is big in Venezuela. It's really big. How did that happen? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't want to sound races or anything because it's not doesn't doesn't matter doesn't have to be with that but americans i mean we have a lot of um a lot of people from america they came in because the oil maybe or you know different reasons but they brought that to the country and since i i, I don't know exactly the date or the years but we have a lot of we have a lot of we had a lot of famous baseball players that they were playing in the uh, big leagues you know in the states since i don't know the 20s or something like that i may I'm, i might be wrong but i'm talking about people playing baseball in my country since pictures were black and white you know what yeah. I mean? so it's you know like it's really big it's really like you can see the country divided <laughs> like every other country with other sports right but yeah. uh this is like huge even even if we have brazil next to us that the football is huge mm. football in the football soccer in america is huge in most of the countries so venezuela is one of the with other countries from the caribbean area yeah that we have a lot of uh, influence from the states with the baseball i think it's because that area where when americans have like puerto rico and uh, cuba with all the situation before uh, fidel or even other countries in 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 the Caribbean, like Colombia, for example, they 
have a lot of uh, baseball like history, you know. So same as Venezuela. Yeah. But of course, I think baseball and oil will was always connected because the companies who came from the states and all that. They, I think, they were having, I guess, like teams, you know, in the companies, and they were playing there. So they that became popular in between the the the, the people from the area, from the region, and that was became big and big. And nowadays, it's like huge. So explain this to me because, um, and this is something that kind of shocked me when I was uh, doing a, you know, just kind of doing a little bit of research for, for our conversation. And um, I don't know if this is true because it was on Wikipedia, but uh, <laughs> it said that Venezuela has the the largest reserves of oil in the world. Yeah, they so say that. Yeah. They, okay, they say that. Um, I don't know if it's true. It's again, like it could be, but yeah. Um, so we'll take another country, for example, that has what we know as a large supply of of oil. Uh, let's take Saudi Arabia, for example, mm-hmm. who display massive amounts of wealth. Like the money that yeah. that country has is is incredible. Um, so from what I'm aware, the general population of Venezuela are you know there's there's poverty there's 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 all sorts of the different things that we don't like to see happening within a country yeah um happening um and the fact of the matter is there seems to be a a, like as i said this huge supply of oil so so where does all that money gone well the money well i think was always there or you know um People will say that they send, they give the oil to other countries like China. Nowadays, China or, or I mean, the last government where we got all this, the record, the things. I know I didn't want to say names, but I have to say names. Like yeah. Chavez uh, got to the power, got the power in, in Venezuela. Everything started going like down. No? But we always have the oil. So before Chavez we were in a better position like a better situation um economically speaking but we we still we didn't have the the money we didn't enjoy the wealth you know that from from the oil because even though we got like big like a, a kind of good quality of uh, roads and all this construction that the government were making since the 50s i mean i'm talking way before chavez and, and before chavez um they never look after uh that you know they they build it but they build it really well in that time this is still working but the other government they didn't they just spend them enough money they need just to cover the hole in the road you know but they weren't doing properly so you will get the, oh, the hole again in a week or two weeks. So that happened in whole country. Like everything, one one party took power once and then just try to fix something and then the other party will take over the next uh, season of the president, you know, the part, the politicians working in the, mm-hmm. the for the government. And then and they will try to delete or, or, or erase what they were doing, the previous party. So they, they, they weren't, they never was a, a proper pro- project, you know, to build a country like a one thing was yeah. always changing. And they having the money from the oil, they just, I guess it's more like a corruption stuff. So they were giving the money just to fix whatever they need to fix in the moment to uh, to win the, the, the elections or, you know, yeah. this kind of stuff that like they will focus on. Let's fix this just to gain the people love for this kind of stuff so we can win the election and then we forgot about that so the money was always going to different places but not the country yeah maybe just a, a piece of that but and we i remember that chavez we got the the oil barrel over hundred dollars like it was like a lot of money getting into the country and was even worse the situation was even worse uh i don't know if it's left or right or communism or socialism i don't know and to be honest i don't trust doesn't matter doesn't matter now i i think it's 
there is the the we never had left or right. It's always the same thing with different colors. So um I'm I'm kind of upset with the situation in Venezuela because it's not about like oh there is no food or it's not this. It's just the the reason of everything I think is just we they the government do, during I don't know 50, 60 years they keep us, you know, like uh under all keep us like they repress you yeah they repress in a way like okay if you want this we, i will give you this so you always will need me you know they they, they we i don't know you, you might hear about these terms like populism mm. populism is really popular in my country you know it's like always uh if i need something i will give you whatever you want so i will get it from you you know it's like man uh controlling the people the population in a way so i think was always like that yeah. Since I don't know the 50, 60, or whatever, but because they never use the money from the oil for anything. yeah, and and listen, it's just it's just interesting to me from from like I I like learning about these things. It was something that like I I was surprised and curious about, um, and I just wanted to hear you know the, a little bit about the yeah. story of it. Yeah, of course, this is just one part exactly. of one person, you know, and and but I I do believe that. Uh, that is not uncomplicated. That this is just like because we didn't have the chance to open to the world. I mean, we were always like the 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 beautiful, the best place in America because we have oil. But we never thought about working other areas in the country. You yeah. know, so we always depend from uh, of the oil. So, yeah. and nobody. I mean, Venezuela was always a country of getting people from outside, from immigrants, from from Spain, from. Uh, Spain, Portugal, Italy, and as the States, American as well, but not like as a, as a immigrant, just like companies coming and bringing all this culture, pop culture from America. So we never got the chance to see the world. Most of the people that we were, they were traveling just because they want to go for holidays or they want to study and then come back to the country, but we never live abroad, mm. like a big population. Yeah. So I believe, I do believe that we need that. We need it. Yeah. We need yeah. it. And that is connected to the situation that is that wouldn't happen if Chavez were in the power or this all this wouldn't happen if you know yeah it's all yeah. connected at the end so. yeah you're, you're you're very animated when you talk which I love but try to keep yourself in front of the microphone Sorry, if yeah. you can <laughs> um, yeah so w without going into we're, we're not going to try and go too much or too deep into into Venezuela and yeah. I want to learn a little bit more about you um so you told me that you've been here in dublin for nine years now right yeah. we'll talk about that later um in the year or two before you decided to move to ireland what was your thinking like what was your thought processes um and and what inevitably made you decide to to emigrate to another country uh well we were i was with a group of friends in my country that we were always trying to create or to do stuff in the city where we live, Valencia, that is near to the capital. And like stuff, I mean, like music, or I used to have a, a, a film forum in my, in my city for like four years. Every Monday we screen a movie and we talk about the movie with the people and the people were eating pizza and stuff like having beers. It was yeah. pretty cool time. Cool. And and we do like workshops and stuff. We were always like trying to keep like keeping life all the culture part of the city. But I mean, there were more people that were doing that. But I never found like a place that we, we can we go. We we could go there. Like we were doing a lot of stuff, but the people were living and the people were just worrying more about the party and more about the 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 weekend party you know having a beer on friday after work i don't know and it's that's normal but it's like they we never f felt like the support from the city itself okay so not just with the film thing it's it's in general like band music festival we we, we lost everything we lost a festival in the city we let there they were uh like a lot of music industry that was developing in the capital, but then became more like a Latino music, more like a popular music, more. So we didn't have, at least in my city, we, for one time, for, for a long time, we, we lost this feel of 
community between the artists or musician or other different artists in different nowadays i think it's getting better i can see a lot of friends that they are doing a lot of stuff in my city nowadays but but in that time i was like i work in an advertising agency i was doing great in that office really nice place a lot love that people but then i felt like i need to go out i need to find something else and i would like to bring all this to some other places you know so if, if so if and i understand I, correctly like you as you said you were happy in your profession you were yeah. working in an advertising agency um and then it was outside of work when you were trying to uh i guess socialize with uh, people who had similar interests to you uh, no we already have that but like to create stuff to promote like whatever the other people were doing you know okay. like even films I know friends that they are film directors in Venezuela and they were always trying to make good films or nice films at least. But the government or the, the the office of the filming from the government, you know, the filming office. Yeah. I don't know, the arts filming a uh, film arts office, they were always giving the money or the or the support to the people who were supporting the government in the time, the Chavez and all this. You know, was okay, so a lot political. of political, yeah. So I was in a point that I have people that were they were supporting the government, so they got stuff like they got like I don't know movies. Or in, and in that time, I was student films in Caracas, in the capital. So I was a lot of uh, involved with a lot of filming people, you know, uh, people related to film. So um, yeah, like you can see that the people who was with the government, they were getting more opportunities to show or to create stuff they want to create. So other people that they were, we were really against the government. Like I don't want this government. I every time I could do it, I would vote against them. We were living outside, you know, mm -hmm. in a way. So it just you, most you, of the people you, you, felt you, that in different areas, not just art, like in different yeah. areas. So that's I just decided, like you know what, I I I traveled to Spain once, like six years or no, sorry, like two or three years before I moved to Ireland. Just for holidays and i was like first time being in europe and i was like man this is so cool i mean i because you feel like you can live at least in a place where everything or the basic stuff works i mean i'm talking about public transport i'm talking about uh, even safe safety you know like the, the police even if it's a lot of corruption in, in in all the countries but it's safer here or in spain than venezuela for example so you can walk on the street at whatever time you want and you might not get anything, you know, from anyone. So it's this kind of little details that I found in, in Spain that was the thing that makes me, okay, plus I'm not going anywhere. I'm in a, I, I, I'm a fine in the, in the agency, but, uh, but at the same time, it was like, I don't want to be working all my life in an office. You know, I want to do other stuff. So I don't know. I just, stopped everything like stop the train and just get the thing well i start doing some research about yeah. where to go and what to do because i didn't know and i remember i met a friend no, I, I i met a friend one day for the coffee i remember and she was telling me no let's go to london like to england yeah and she was telling me london yeah and yeah but my plan was to england so i was okay let's check it out let's see the courses and everything english courses and then I remember I was in a public transport with one of my best friends, and I I met we met a, another my friend on the street. We we jump out of the bus just to talk to her because uh -huh. we have like a long time to talk to her talking to her. Yeah. So hey, what's up? Let's go for a coffee, whatever. And she was like, hey, I'm planning to go too long to London. To London? What? No, she was the one who told me to Dublin. Okay. And I was like, really? I was planning to England. No, but look, check this out. La, la, la. So she showed me about an English course and, and you know, the opportunities to move to Dublin. And But she wasn't selling me the thing. She was just showing me what she got from yeah. the English company. She was excited. Like the course, yeah. So I was like, can I go to it? <laughs> I mean, oh, I wow. go, because England was really expensive, yeah. you know, compared to Dublin. And I was, I always liked, like, the Irish culture. You know, I knew just a little i knew yeah, sure. nothing yeah. of course yeah. and of course with the cliche of the green and the hat and the yeah, you know yeah. all that but i was like no i really want to know you know that i will prefer to go to ireland rather than england i don't want to be anything it just i felt like it was more 
maybe easier for me because I found London and I realized that when I visit London after a few years, like it's too big, it's too like, whoa, no, 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 no. I prefer here, like really easy, really like it's a nice city, it's a small city, so it's not done crazy like, I know, London or New York or, you know, Madrid. Madrid is kind of heavy, like. Oh, even... Yeah, those cities, um, sometimes I find them really exciting uh, going to places like London mm -hmm. and Madrid because, yeah, I'm, I'm from Dublin um grown up here all my life, but going there, it's way more intense. Yeah, it, it is. I like it on a temporary basis. I don't think temporary, there, exactly. Yeah, I that's cool. <laughs> sometimes I like, you know, going on the underground, you feel like everybody's in a rush. Nobody knows anyone. It's yeah, yeah it, it, in some aspects, I really like and it. In Ireland, is in Dublin, is even if you have some chaos in Dublin and some mess a bit, you know, in town, I feel like it's it's just you pass the traffic jam and it's over you can be fine yeah, it's like yeah. the weather every 15 minutes will change yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that sounds about right do you think um you're obviously big into your music do you think um maybe unconsciously ireland's relationship to music in any way influenced you to come here or maybe you didn't know much about music i didn't know much about yeah. the music i mean i know there are some bands a few bands that are irish or actually i was watching a documentary called called that i don't remember the name now but it's no sorry it get it loud i think no the one that is uh jack white making a guitar at the beginning like from wood uh, no pretty idea. cool that there is a, a scene that interview at the uh, edge you know the yeah the, from youtube and he's doing like yoga and having the interview in a in an office that the window shows the um leafy river oh wow and we were like my friend and i that she's more fun more into rock music and British music like I was like and we need to find that place we never found it but I don't know where it is it's still like after nine years I we tried to check but we never I so wonder is it is it that close? was something that was calling me more like hey man I want to see that I want to go there maybe with the idea that I will found the place when I find the place where he was have you ever watched um, there's a documentary about you two called rattle and hum um and it's back um, I used to be a huge U2 fan um, <laughs> back when I was a teenager. One of my first, I've always loved music, but I remember, well, first of all, when I was about 12 or 13, I went to a place called what we call the Gweltacht, which okay. is uh, kind of a rite of passage for most Irish kids where they go to an Irish speaking region of, of Ireland for two or three weeks, just the same way people come here to learn English. And okay. we'd go there to to practice our Irish. The idea is that you go there for three weeks and you only speak in Irish and you have class during the day, activities during the afternoon or whatever. And you stay in a, in a shared house um, with what we call the ban on tea, which a ban on tea is like the, the mother of the house and she looks after everybody. Um, so I you know, slept, shared the room with these two other guys that I didn't know, but I got to know them over the three weeks. <laughs> and this guy had um, like a disc man. Do you remember those? Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, and in it, he had a Metallica album and justice for all. Yeah. Um, and I remember he's like, Oh, do you want to listen to my music one night? And I was like, yeah, sure. So I started listening to it. And you know, when you're like, when you're a teenager, it has, and you listen to something and it has this effect. And I could feel the, the hairs on my, on my arms, on my neck were yeah. standing up and I was like, Oh my God, I've never heard anything like this yeah. before. This is amazing. Um, and then that kind of filtered into kind of, less heavier bands like uh all of the indie bands that came out around that time between 2002 to 2010 we'll say that time um i, I got really into you too i think because i was you know it's like oh these guys are they went to school like five yeah. miles away and like they're the biggest band in the world that's amazing yeah, exactly <laughs> um, but there's a documentary about them called rattling home which is before we'll say Bono becomes the Bono that we know. Like this is pre-sunglasses, okay, uh, pre-kind okay. of, of the theatrics. Yeah. Um they were they were really serious actually, and they became like really religious and this type of thing. But uh their music is was brilliant and their performances were amazing. It's all mostly in black and white, the documentary. Um, but a big out, part yeah. of it is shot in what we now call the three arena. Okay. which was originally called The Point, 
and that was just an empty warehouse and they were the ones who started they recorded an album there actually and they they started doing concerts there and that's how it became what it oh, is now i didn't know that okay and um, cool. but you can see old dublin in this documentary and chalk and cheese like they look this in this documentary this is shot in the 1980s you'll see how different dublin oh, is compared okay. to now especially that part because that's all growing up you now have the the central bank is down there yeah. all these types of places um wow. it's pretty that's cool. the board area as well so it's the, the the key where they i don't know if the 80s where there there the was a the breach there yeah i think so there. yeah yeah um yeah, but it, it it's it's something cool to check out yeah we'll, we'll check it out yeah definitely what's uh, the name again the... it's called rattle and hum rattle uh, i'll put a little link okay. to it actually yeah. uh in this i think you can get parts of it on youtube uh, I'm sure you might have to pay for it otherwise. Um, but I'll, I'll put a link to it in maybe the description Netflix, of this. Um, it's not on Netflix or Maybe. My, I, I don't know. I, I, I saw some YouTube documentaries on Netflix, but maybe it might be others. Yeah. Um, so eventually, because you had this conversation with this girl who you, you jumped off the bus <laughs> in, in, in Venezuela and you had this conversation, she convinced you that Dublin was the place to go you arrived um what were the initial few months like uh well i i, I just stay in a host family i think i think that's the best way to get to dublin or to any place like when you leave this from the day one with people from here you know mm. i was living with an irish family and they were so nice with me like they actually they are owners of the cafe in the Stephen Green shopping center in the top. I don't know the name of it, but okay. I remember like after I left the house, I met them there and it was, no, this is our place. And wow. it's pretty cool people, pretty nice. And I stayed there for two weeks and I actually met a good friend there. She, we were sharing uh, the, the same room, a Venezuelan guy as well. Yeah. <laughs> but I came alone because by myself, sorry, because my friend, she came to Ireland six months before me. We were planning to come together, like uh, with another friend. We were three people that planning to come together and live together. We were like thinking, oh, let's get there and we get a job. We rent an apartment for the three of us, you know, we can be, you know, and, and buy food together and do, do, do doing all this planning, you know, for before even knowing anything about coming here and then i couldn't travel because i got an issue with the with the passport at that time so i have to wait six more months so then she she came here the other friend couldn't make it she just decided to move to a state to the state no no way yeah <laughs> so she came by, by herself as well and then i came for like six months after and yeah like she actually we met the next day and everything but the, the beginning was trying to understand yeah. what was happening around me <laughs> because I got a job as soon. I mean, I already got a job before coming to Dublin wow, as brilliant. a graphic designer. Wow. Yeah. But what's a Venezuelan company who was actually uh, promoting uh, English course to students in Venezuela, to people in Venezuela. Great. So I was doing some graphic from them in Venezuela and they were, okay, you are coming to Dublin. I need you in the office. Like, I was like, oh. This is perfect. I mean, <laughs> this I, I know this won't happen to everyone, but this is like a really good luck in that part. But what I did was, because I was in town, so I just studied in, I was a student and then go to work and then stay in town trying to know the roads, know the street, just okay, this one will get me because I was so confused. For me, it was like, I don't know what is north, what is south. And for me, my city, the wealthy part is the north. And I understood <laughs> from the yeah. beginning that was the opposite here. Yeah, so yeah. people were telling me like, no, I know now it's not like that. But like in that time, the people were saying that. So I was like, I shouldn't be in the north. So if I find a place, it should be in the south. But if I got, you know, I was planning stuff that I, I didn't even know the places. I remember that I was looking for, for rooms and I go to places that nowadays it's like, why I thought this was far from town this is so mm. close i mean yeah but yeah when as i told you before like when you get as an immigrant you get to town and then you try to go further as uh if you if you're growing like if you grow a family if you have a family you will move to us the soap the suburban the suburbs and and if you just want to have a normal job or a uh, relaxed job you will 
trying to find a place out of town because town is messy. If you have a car, it's messy. And but it's beautiful when you for the parties, of course. So you want to always keep as a student, as an immigrant, you want to stay around. Uh, it was hard to find a place in that moment. And I think the first place I moved was where was it? Oh yeah, Crumlin. Okay. With an Irish lady. It was so cool. Pat, I remember her. <laughs> she was so cool. It was a room in in, in Crumlin and was kind of close to town. So yeah. and my friend was living around as well. So we were like trying to get into to feed to at the beginning was always with the students with the same english students that going for pops or meetups or stuff like that but yeah and working and that was nice i had that i had that work and that job and so i could even have a cv with a graphic designer job in ireland so mm. i could okay that would help me to get another job in the future in another company mm. that didn't happen at all. After that, I just started working as a kitchen porter, cleaner, and all this stuff like yeah. you usually do. Doing what you have to do. Yeah, to, exactly. No, definitely. And I life. think that's the that's the best part, the best way to do it. Like you definitely need to. Was that difficult for you because you're 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 qualified, experienced, worked in ad agency, graphic designer, then to come over and to work as kitchen porter or whatever? Did did that bother you? No, I mean, it was annoying. Of course, annoying. Nobody wants to work doing yeah. washing dishes, you know, but I didn't mind. I was just focused on, I just need to get my college, my school, my English course done and find a way to, you know, apply for other jobs in, in companies and stuff, trying to show what I know so they could see that, okay, this guy could work in other areas. Because if you don't show up whatever you are, Nobody will know. Nobody will come to your place and knock the door, you know, and yeah. Hey, do you want to do this or something? No, you need to show up like whatever yeah. you are. So so that was always very clear to you. You were like, this yeah, is temporary. Definitely. I know what I have to yeah, do. Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Because it's not, it's not. And, and I, and, and it wasn't something like I just find out or something. You can see in other people, in other cultures as well. Like a lot of people coming from other cultures that they just have to start working whatever they find. They need money. We need money. And yeah. but but what I try to always do is to keep in mind that the north is is like where I want to go. Like if I want to get to working in an office, if I want to learn this. But of course, I was using whatever I know already. I knew already. I don't want to. I wasn't focused on learning a part of English, learning something else. I just want to learn English to communicate and to try to fit and and, and integrate in a way so I could get a better job and, and give whatever I know to help the company that could hire me. That's it. Like, you know, and, and, and yeah. <laughs> one, one thing I've heard in, in my intense and deep uh, research for this podcast, uh, which is <laughs> a, a, a small lie. Um, one thing I heard is that you're a little bit of a matchmaker in Dublin. Oh, um, <laughs> um, creating love kind and of. relationships. Yeah. <laughs> What's all this about? Uh, I think it's luck having so nice people around me. Really, like I mean, I have a few friends here in Dublin that they are amazing. Like people from Venezuela, people from other countries, and Irish as well. Well, Richard is one of them, definitely. And yeah. So for anybody listening. Um, in the office that I work in, uh, Richie also works here, uh, and Richie is the one oh. who introduced me, Caesar to me. Um, so uh, yeah, we have that. To, we have Richie to thank for that. But um, yeah, it, so it's just luck that you managed to set up yeah, all of these people. Uh, I think it's the right time and the right people, because I mean. I but was... do you actively look? You do? Do you think? No, no. no. I just introduce them in one point but i always it's not because i was looking something someone for him or for her it's just like um i like to be you know, have time hang out with him and hang out with her as well and if they know and i want to put it together as a friend and if they have you know if they fell in love great you know yeah, like yeah. it's amazing you know yeah but it's because i the people that I know, there are a few, actually, not just Richard, and there are a few couples that they know each other because of me. Yeah. But it's because of that, because I like both, and I try always to keep my good friends around, and if they don't know each other, I will put them together, and they could be good friends, or they could be couples, or anything. <laughs> how, how did you find um, a, 
or how did you manage to surround yourself with such good friends considering that you came here and and, and knew not really anyone uh i don't know i think it's luck as well <laughs> look because uh well i i always do kind of uh, this is will sound like a bit of yeah but uh i always do kind of a filter you know it's not and even though i still hang out with people sometimes that it's just for fun and it's more for but there i don't and i think everyone do that like you don't consider some people that they are really the best friend or something but they are good for hang out for you know yeah. but these guys or this group of friends that i have been meeting here in dublin i have been filtered a lot <laughs> you know yeah to get to the people that actually you know like Depends, I have values and and it's and it's more like you know because they have something like money or the knowledge that i will use or anything mm -hmm. like that no it's more like a, they are i think people need to be real and uh, down to earth you know like in in a lot of uh, matters matters so i found that in these people like really nice they don't try to f i don't know do something bad to others you know like authentic People. authentic they are really really authentic and i think for me that's what i'm looking for in a friend you know like doesn't matter where you're coming from doesn't matter uh, where you are woman uh, man or whatever yeah. uh you know it's it's fine it's it's just like being real being human i think it's the thing i know like it's, sometimes it's hard to find that nowadays or i think always have been there like that yeah. but but when you can find there's plenty of people, good people out there, like they're, it's, it's, it's just like, you can tell when the people is no like trying to, again, do something bad to another person, just because, you know, just because I'm going to take a chance of this, or it's, it's more like a thinking as a community in any of the sense you want to put that phrase. It's just thinking about, we are here together and, and if you are in a country that is not yours, you need to find at least good people. Because I know a lot of stories, a lot of Venezuelan, a lot of people from other countries that have been struggling because they think they have a friend next to them or something like that. You know, people that stole money or stuff like that. It's like... <laughs> yeah, and yeah, not nice yeah. stories. And, and at the end of the day, when you're here, um, people, your friends become your family. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. In fact, you, in fact, you probably become even closer to them than it, you would to your, your own friends in Venezuela, because you're probably yeah. spending, you spend maybe Christmas holidays together. Yeah. It's like, oh, guys, it's St. Patrick's Day. What are we doing? Whereas maybe like the equivalent of those uh, holidays in, in Venezuela, at times you're probably going to spend with your family. Yeah. Um, Just you do that here with those friends. With those friends. Yeah, so exactly. as you say that, when you say you're, you're filtering, you're not filtering. Yeah. You're actually... Maybe sounds really... <laughs> you're finding a group of people that you find uh you feel good with that you feel you can be yourself with yeah, um, yeah. and and i think and that's... they became family definitely like i could say that these guys and they have another couple that venezuelan couple actually they have a kid now and they are like a family for me they got my parents for me <laughs> yeah amazing yeah amazing. yeah pretty cool so one one thing that really interests me, and maybe is is the heart of uh, why I actually started this podcast, right? Um, a lot of people, the reason why I'm interested in talking to people who have um, moved, and it's not to necessarily to Dublin, like I've moved anywhere, yeah. lived another experience, and and it doesn't even have to be at the end of the day moving somewhere. It can sometimes be even something as simple in life as. When you when you feel something like let's say for example you're not happy in your job and you decide I'm going to change my job because I know I might feel happier in a different job yeah. and it's not necessarily about happiness it might be about other reasons too maybe you know it could be like I'll, I'll have got less of a commute and I'll have more it's a part time job I'll have more time with my family whatever ultimately it probably leads to happiness if that's yeah, the intention the end, yeah. most of the time when we try and change things unless it's out of necessity where um i need to to go because i'm in danger or or i'm in poverty or whatever but if if you're not in any of those um let's say emergency situations then then we when we change things we often are doing it for 
uh, either curiosity or increasing our experiences or yeah. ultimately at what we feel is probably going to be our happiness. Um, and like you have changed your you nine years ago, you came to Dublin. You were in that kind of frame of mind where you were in Venezuela. You you were happy enough in your work, but maybe um, wanted to experience other things. Like you came to Spain and realized like, whoa, things are different here. I'd like to see what I, I could happen or yeah. explore my opportunities here. Um, they do say, though, w wherever you go, we carry our minds with us. And that's what I'm most interested in, because ultimately, if I change my job from job A to job B, my mind, which is the thing that provides happiness to me is ultimately the exact same it's thing same, but the yeah. environment is different the people might be different um and this is a really long way of asking you a question which <laughs> no. is um if you are um or in the time that you moved from venezuela to dublin has any of your perspectives opinions beliefs thought patterns changed or maybe not at all Hmm. Good question. Actually, uh, I think yeah, they do change. They did change a lot of stuff. I, I, I'll, mostly because I think we are like Venezuelans. We are called or Latin American in general. We are a culture that we have our own. Well, every culture has their own like path or or concept. But let's call it in that way, a like concept, right? Mm -hmm. And when you came here, when you come here to Dublin or to another culture in general, mm. you will have a crash of concept or, or, or like ideas where we crash in one point. Uh, to give you an example, could be the simple thing of drinking while driving. This is really bad. And as I, I could tell you that it's still happening in my country. Mm. That's no good. I, I could say that for if from the point of view of the Irish community, that's really bad. Yeah. Of course. But if you go to Venezuela, even though it's really bad, for the the whole community it's normal. Yeah. You know, it's like I could tell you that happened to me that the police stopped us and because we were drinking, they didn't and we weren't smoking with, for example, mm. they just okay, keep going. You know this kind of stuff. So yeah. You don't realize that, but when you move in that moment, but when you move to the other country that is more like a normal country, mm. you can tell like, okay, this is no for me was normal. Nowadays it's like I won't I won't lie to you. I sometimes I do I drink a beer or two, three beers and then I will drive back home. Yeah. But it's I will be like scared, I will be worried, I will be yeah. awake, I will be really in my country, back in my country, a lot of friends and myself are drinking and really pissed off and driving like crazy. And nothing happened. Yeah. I mean, nothing bad happened. Thank but you. still, we were doing wrong. Yeah. Like that, there is plenty of stuff yeah. that you can, that definitely will change how you see life in general. So, yeah. And that was one of the big things that happened, like change, make me change like the I'm not a drinker a lot, even in my country, but still for me it was a really like different thing yeah. between the cultures because for me it was normal, you know, yeah. it was so normal. And then when you talk about it here, the people were like, oh, hey, you know, that's, you know, it's like, okay. So yeah. you realize that you change your mind completely. And but yeah, they, they change a lot of stuff. Like the way how to the way I can see life nowadays is different. Like because the thing that you are now with your family here, you have to go by yourself. Even though I was my country was living with my granny instead of my parents. Like uh, I was always independent in most of part of my life. So like here. It's like a different challenge. It was really cool. Like it's pretty, pretty nice. Even like you, sometimes you just uh, you get to the like a really low part of your life. Like you're living in a small room, no money, shitty job, or whatever. But I think you has as one of my friends said, we need to keep growing. You know, like mm -hmm. always, always keep going, keep yeah, on moving. keep going. Yeah, movement, movement. That's the big thing. If I asked you to, you know, quickly describe. Who are you in terms of that person when you were in Venezuela versus who are you now today as we speak together mm -hmm. in Dublin? And um, what do you think would be the primary difference? 
I'm more like I'm trying to always how to uh, um, like first of all criticize myself or to just keep in mind that I'm not right all the time. Okay, that's something that changed my life in my here in Ireland. I don't know if it was Ireland or Dublin or the city, but I guess I can see that the situation here, like. Whatever happened when I came here, I didn't have any bad experience or anything like, oh, my God, so sad. But of course, you have to, you know, go through some shitty jobs and shitty people or doing like whatever, no having food one day just in the morning or whatever. But I think I had a really good time in Dublin till now. And oh, I mean, since and and. I think it's just like I'm more awake, like I'm more like thinking about if I'm one doing this right or not. I always try to analyze myself in, you know, this the kind of in any kind of situation, trying to just know this is what it is and this is the way that should be. No, I try to always analyze very well if I'm doing the right thing. To be fully aware. I think it's yeah, exactly. I think it's more like Sometimes it's overthinking, of course, but yeah. I think that helped me. Even sometimes you take make decisions that you think that is bad in mm. that moment, I, but then you realize that was really good to. Yeah, I, I'm actually lower. thinking of uh, like an ex from what you're saying. I'm thinking of an example from my own life, um, and yeah i think it, or maybe it comes as you get a little bit older you start to reflect more on, on who you are and actually again this is another topic which i love to talk about on this yeah. in this uh in this podcast but it's um when you come away from your when your home country for example you you come away from your family you come away from your friends um and within those individual groups you are a certain person. You might not think about it or realize it yeah. because it's life. It's normal. You never think about it. You've just been with these people all of your life, but you might be the funny one or the smart one or whatever. And then you begin to associate all of these things with yourself. You're not thinking of it. You're not aware of it. It's just how you grew up and your environments and how they affect the people that you, you, you are or the person that you are. Um, and then when you come away, when you come away from all those groups, you go, oh, you know, some people are treating me differently. I'm not the funny one here or I'm not the smart yeah. one or whatever. And then you have to kind of you're, you, you start reflecting and you go, am I really funny or am I really smart? And who am yeah. I as a person? And you start to build this up um, and then you'll have certain beliefs on yourself. And it was actually someone mentioned to me before because I was talking about, you know, growing up and how uh, generally as a person, I I can kind of fit in pretty well. Um, I I get on with people quite well. And I always thought this was, um, you know, a positive aspect of myself. And and this particular person, he goes, "That's really sad." He just said it like that really quickly. He goes, "That's really sad." <laughs> and I was like, "What? Why?" He's like, "Well, are, are you always just gonna be like the person that fits into everything? You you don't want to like be yourself. You don't want to express yourself. You want to just be the oil in the engine the time. You don't want to be the engine." Um. I listen, I'm not 100% agree with him, but at the same time, he in that one second changed my whole perspective on myself because I always believed this was a super positive thing and it mostly is, but it's not always positive. And sometimes you have to not be the oil in the engine. Sometimes you need to be yeah. the engine. And all of these things you start to, I think, as you get older, be more a little bit more aware of yourself. Um, yeah, and and sometimes you can even reflect on something that what you thought is positive, and it might actually be it might not be serving you in a positive way. Mm, um, yeah, no, I get you. Uh, it, it's... But I think uh, a bit about what you're saying about the being the oil or being the the engine. I think we always need to be the. I mean, everything is a. We need to work together, as we talked yeah. before. And I think that if we want to, we try to fit in, of course, I, when I say fit in in Dublin is because you, where I'm coming from upside, but like in general, I will always try to just fit in, not because I want to do whatever they do. It's more like a, to bring something from my side to put it in whatever we are doing, because 
So you can be the person that could be the engine or could be the oil just fitting in. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, I think it's really positive and it's even depend on the point of view, even if you are the engine or not, because I don't want to be, or in my case, I don't want to be a leader. You know, I don't want to guide people to or lead people to go to a place. I could guide you, but I don't want to be the one. That, okay, let's go follow me. No, I don't want that. Yeah. And I, I don't know if we should work like that you know like i think it's more like giving or okay this is what i think or let's work together i don't know of course you need to be boss sometimes or you're bossy you know but in whatever you are doing but i think it's more like a teamwork in general i mean teamwork for me is a really good word to use in any aspect of life like mm. couple or even if those sometimes doesn't work that's something that you need to keep in mind you do, you are not the better than anyone you know that's yeah. what i'm trying yeah. to, to explain absolutely totally agree what what do you do to to disconnect totally from <laughs> from work or whatever um can i say yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, i get busy more busy it just now the last few weeks or the last few months i have been trying to do other stuff apart of work uh, I'm helping now a uh, NGO, uh, like a, uh, yeah, an NGO group. Um, it's called, uh, I don't want to say name. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm helping some NGO and I'm working sometimes with some community groups here in, in Ireland. Just helping, just volunteering. I'm not doing anything big or anything. Just helping and being part of that. That is using my time doing something else. That is actually good things, good fun doing that. So, you are helping and having fun without spending. Well, you need to spend money sometimes, yeah. But I think it's just that made me unplug from work. Or from, but I think I love work. I love my job. So I never disconnect from my work. I'm always talking to my friend and, and we always talk like if we were working, even if we are talking about, I found this online, you know, this, we analyze stuff like a marketing side thing or why he's using this shot instead of that light. I don't know. I'm not a filmmaker, but we always try to have a friend, a couple of friends that we always try to understand the visual communication things of whatever we mm. found <laughs> yeah. or trying to analyze why this became vital, you know, like. Mm. Why is this? Well, maybe because of this. We, we redo some research. It's crazy. We spend time of that, but I like it because that makes you keep your mind, your brain working, even if you're not working. I love my work. I love my work. So I, I never get bored with my work. Well, you're a lucky yeah. man. I'm, I'm, I just, since the beginning, I was focused on that. I was focused on to get to a point. I'm not getting, I'm not there yet, but to get to a point that I could do something I really like and get money with doing yeah. it you know and 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 even i'm working in this advertising agency and i love the people in the agency it's they're really cool i learned a lot of stuff from them and and sometimes i try to find to do something uh, trying to do something else a part of my job because it's different from my job i'm in my job it's just sitting on a computer yeah thinking about ideas and stuff but mostly animating and doing graphics and the other side is more organizing, planning, uh, I don't know, daily. Well, I told you, I have to bring some materials to the electric picnic. Today. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, and I don't care. They're not paying me for that. And they are my friends. And, you know, it's a good fun. And, and to be honest, I know the electric picnic is a big thing here, but I'm not a kind, I'm not a festival guy. I mean, mm -hmm. I will actually will go in the weekend and I will come back to Dublin. I won't drink. Yeah. I'm just going to have fun, Enjoy help the, the guys there, have the maybe enjoy the music and then back home. I don't really kind of that guy. And and for me, it's more the experience, you know, yeah. to be there and to do stuff with other people and to meet these people. I think networking is one of the most important thing. If you really want to get out from a shitty job, you yeah. definitely need to get into networking. Yeah. Whatever, the city, wherever you are. That is amazing advice. Um, and something that at the end of the day, I, I totally agree with it and um in ireland especially it really helps yeah. to get as you say we, we use the expression to get your foot in the door um i don't know any other way to be perfect can i young. tell you how i met richard tell me i don't know if I, he told you no 
before, well, as soon as I arrived to Ireland, the first thing I did, because I was touring films just like two months after I moved to Ireland, uh, well, for like two years, and then I moved to Ireland. And the first thing I did was check on Facebook any group related to filmmakers. Brilliant. And I was just looking to see, okay, anyone looking for help? Like, I don't care. I don't know anything. I don't know shit. I won't, man. I won't work with a camera or I won't uh, work the lighting or anything. I know. I don't. I wasn't. I wasn't feeling than 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 secure with myself. I won't, you know, self that my self esteem in that area was a bit kind of low. <coughs> Sorry, but I was like, I don't know. I want to help. I want to be there. I want to put myself in a place where I could meet other people. Maybe I could meet someone important or someone that could give me some job, or just be friend. You know. So that's what I did. The first short film I remember Natasha, that's a Richard friend as well. She contacted me. She said, hey, I'm looking for a graphic and a sound guy. I was I don't know any of those, so but I could help you carry whatever boxes you need me to carry. Oh yeah, come over, whatever. Yeah, you know, and I met her, I met Richard, I met other people that nowadays are still in contact. And that helped me, that led me to other people that helped me to get another job. I don't know. It's just like everything is at the end connected. So yeah, I think that's part of the networking thing is putting yourself in a place where you can get chance to whatever you want to do. Absolutely. You want to do Pets, yeah. well, you go to a meeting with people and pets. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, the, I've often heard that advice from from listening to maybe other people or podcasts as well that's saying if you want to really want to get into a career that's difficult to get into, air quotes, um, <laughs> then work for free. Work for free. Offer to work for free. Mm. Um, and I've met people who are like, absolutely not. You should never work for free. And listen, they can put up a good argument, but at the end of the day, if it leads to you getting to do what you actually want to do, and you can be as you are right now, happy in what you're doing, then surely that's like, surely that's invaluable. Yeah. Does does that make sense? Um, we have, um, I, I could easily do a part two to this. Um, <laughs> I, I feel like I, I had a few ideas about what I wanted to talk to in my head. I feel like I haven't talked about any of it. <laughs> but uh, it, it, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you oh, here. Thank you. Um, and thank you for yeah, having me. I, yeah, yeah. To be honest, it's the first time that I having this interview, this kind of interview in Ireland. Yeah. And it's so amazing. Thank yeah, you really, really. Uh, no thank worries. you very much. It's good to, you know, sometimes express from, I mean, in a different type of conversation, you know, because it's yeah. not the same where you talk about this for a long time in a drinking night, you know. Yeah, something like that. that's kind of what I like about this is because we're here in a room. It's just myself and yourself um, and it's it's a focused conversation. Yeah. We're not looking at our phones, none of that. Um, and just for anybody who's listening, first of all, thanks for actually tuning in. I really appreciate people listening to this. I, I think and I hope that the the intention I started this for was to actually help people. So from my own experience of living abroad, I would have liked to listen to other people's stories who are going through and share the same kind of experiences that you're going through, because it's not always easy. Mm. Um, and I also think that it doesn't have to be for people who have moved countries. Like I actually plan on getting Irish people in to talk yeah. um, about any life in Dublin and just talking and hearing people's stories, talking about the difficult times, how they get through things. As you said, when you were working as a as a kitchen porter, you had your true north in your yeah. head. You knew this is temporary and I know where I'm going. And that was all acted out through um, your actions by searching on Facebook groups like you, 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 you didn't give up and you were proactive. And I think that's really key. And you didn't let other things get you down. And hearing that, in my opinion, is motivational. So if you're listening, I'd really appreciate if you think that maybe one other person might benefit from listening to conversations like this, then please share it just with one friend. It, it would really make a huge difference. And if we can continue to like grow you know, one by one every week, I'd be super, I'd be over the moon. Um, we just have a couple of minutes left. Um, Cesar, can you tell me one of your favorite spots in Dublin? Oh, uh, there are a lot of places in Dublin I love, but the one that came to my mind now is just the, I really like that area in the Keys near to actually the point. 
you know this the the area where there are the trees and the light where where the the they actually have fish in the lights like fish fake fish of course like painted fish okay you know this walk it's a kind of walk in the in the in the keys it's not the grand canal no 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 it's not the grand canal it's in the in the uh, leafy river okay uh, uh bachelor's walk bachelor, no no that but it's more like towards the the point the point okay yeah. on the north or the south after after the in the north side okay yeah yeah the north side after the happen uh, happen no the happen no the um, the Samuel Beckett yeah, Bridge. The Samuel Beckett Bridge. Yeah, yeah. yeah that that there. walk yeah. there is one of my favorite parts. Since yeah. the first day I came here, I always, well, no, not the last few years, but the, at the beginning, the first few years, the first few years, I was walking around there, like hanging out. I remember, like, I don't know, it's just like pretty nice area of Dublin. I it really is. like it. It's cool. Yeah. Um, and if I could get you to tell me just quickly, if anyone is moving to Dublin, about to move. Um, or has just moved, is there any one piece of advice that you give to them? Mm, just, I think the same what I did, just focus on whatever you want to go or to do, but you need to know what you want to do. If not, you will be whatever you can sort your economical situation in the moment. So you can, will get any job and stay there for how long? Mm. I think the best is just focus on, I mean, knowing what do you want in Dublin? Mm. And maybe if, if to know that you need to do research, you need to, you know, meet people you need to, yeah. and to learn more about here or what to do here, because there is plenty of opportunity here. Definitely. Oof. Mm. It's a really open country for mm. anyone, you know, mm. and, and, and so nice. And so I feel, I mean, I feel like I'm at home, you know, it's not the same, it's not the same weather, but I feel like of I'm course, yeah. at home and yeah, just focus on what do you want to do? Brilliant. Cesar, an absolute pleasure talking to you. Oh, man. I should say Cesar. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. <laughs>